With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. W-T-L-H time! W-T-L I think we got a show. Oh yeah, we got a show. W-T-L And welcome back everybody to W-T-L Where's the Line? I'm your host. And D class and joined by Jabron, <laughs> the Parlay Pounder. Yes, sir. We're back. We're back. Yes, we are, and we have a couple fantastic guests that yeah. you tracked down somehow. Uh, would you have to like twist their arm to get them on with you? Well, well big you Andy want? White, he always wants to talk Grizzlies basketball, obviously playing my <laughs> Lakers. So that's going to be a big one. And then, uh, my buddy Zach Knock is always geared up to talk UFC and a little NBA basketball. So there it was go. really fun talking to those guys and got that coming up here in a little bit. Yeah. And didn't Zach, he, he ran out to Vegas with you, right? Oh yeah. The UFC 276. 276. Was it? And we're planning a trip this summer as well. So, awesome. uh, we know our UFC around here. Well, let's start off with some local teams. Major League Baseball, yeah. we're still getting in the front end of it here. Yeah. Uh, first place in the Central, Minnesota Twins Woo! heading out east to take on the New York Yankees. They are currently second in the division, the East Division there, sitting at eight and four. Only four games back, Tampa Bay Rays. Everyone had them slated at right, 12-0. and 0. Undefeated, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, that, everyone <laughs> thought that's, that's how they're going to start. Uh, but Minnesota, nothing to sneeze at with an 8-4 and four record currently as we are uh, recording this. You still got to feel like the Yankees will probably uh, be the favorite, though, come Saturday. We're looking at a 12.05 first pitch Saturday afternoon. Yeah, definitely the run line will be uh, minus one and a half towards the Yankees at home, obviously. The two starting pitchers here, Andy, Kenta Maeda for the Minnesota Twins. Uh, started off the year 0-2, while Domingo German for the Yankees is 0-1 on the year. Uh, Mayeda, very, very good pitcher. Uh, he just really hasn't got the run you know, support that he's needed the first two starts of the year here. And same thing with uh, Domingo here. He's one of the best pitchers in the game. He just needs to really get that uh, run protection for the Yankees. I do think the Yankees probably take him down here in game one on Saturday just because they got that stellar lineup of Aaron Judge, Anthony Rizzo, DJ LeMay, who, yeah. you know, John Carlos Stanton. They just got the Bronx Bombers ready to go. And yeah. I think this is yep. just uh, not a good time for Maya to get his first win. So I will be, even though I'm a big Twins fan, I think if I, with my betting mind, <laughs> the New York Yankees take this down by multiple runs. And if you did have to make a bet, maybe that's when you wouldn't mind paying off if yeah. the Twin, Twinkies could pull this one off. Both teams very consistent early on. Yeah. Uh, four and two home and away records for both the Yankees and the Minnesota Twins. What is your line or what is your feel for the over-under? I'm thinking it's going to be around eight and a half, nine. Do you have a number in mind where you'd sway one way if it got to a certain point? Yeah, for sure. I think it'll be right there, like you said, eight and a half or nine. And if it is closer to eight, I would take the over on this just because the Yankees can pop off for 10 runs any which game. Uh, the last yeah, game I yeah. watched them against the Cleveland Guardians, they just pounded them, scoring 11 runs by themselves. The only thing that scares me a little bit is the Twins have kind of been shaky here 
right out the gate with the the pitching has been phenomenal, but their yeah. run production has not been there. Uh, only scoring about four to five runs a game. So um, I, I would really uh, take the over if it's anywhere near eight, eight and a half. If it gets up there towards 10 and 11, it might be a little too much for me. Yeah, then maybe maybe lean towards the under. Just yeah. stay away from just it because both these teams can, can pile on the runs. Yeah. You just don't want to see something stretched out over 10. And, you know, Mr. Returning MVP, he wasted no time. Yeah. Aaron Judge. Wasn't that his first at bat? Yes, first at bat. Just jacked one. Took it long. He's <laughs> had he's had three since then. He's he's a, yeah, batting three eighteen with four home runs, seven RBIs. He's in MVP form. Never took a day off. All righty. Well, let's run on down the road, down yeah. to I twenty nine from Woo. the Omaha Metro area. The Atlanta Braves, who unsurprisedly they're in first place yep. in the National League East, are also boasting an eight and four record to take on the Kansas City Duck Dudas, Kansas City there Royals. You go. Uh, and they're kind of off to the start that many predicted. They're sitting at three and nine right now, so you got to feel that one and a half run line is going to be leaning towards <laughs> yeah. the road team in the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, no, totally agree. Like you said, we called this in our pregame show for the season. Atlanta Braves, one of the best teams in baseball. Yeah. Five and one on the away record right now, Andy, and really just matches that KC record of only one and six Ugh. at home for the yeah. Kansas City Royals. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Elder will be making the start for the Atlanta Braves, who is own one on the year. First outing had eight, uh, 13 Ks, so this guy really knows how to, you know, put him down. And with that, you know, kind of, you know, say-say lineup for the Kansas City Royals, I don't see them <laughs> matching that intense uh, intensity of the Atlanta Braves. So I will be jumping on the Atlanta Braves on the run line and probably money line on this. What you say, what you say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the Atlanta Braves we talked about at length uh, when we kind of kicked off our Major League Baseball yeah. coverage on WTL. Um, but we all in agreement, you, I, and Matt Plachik thought yeah. that's a decent look in futures. It still is at plus 900. Yeah. Atlanta Braves uh, behind the Dodgers, the Houston Astros, and the New York Mets. Uh, Mets coming in at plus 800, 850 on a lot of books. Braves hanging around there at plus 900. I still love that value. No, I still think it's probably the best bet in baseball right now just because I've seen enough from this team, even though that they got swept by the Padres in their uh, last series, Andy. Yeah, they yeah. they just have the lineup that can do that. They got the pitching that can do that. Ronald Acuna Jr. I still think is a clear-cut MVP candidate. Matt Olson, like we said, is going to be swinging for the fences yeah, all year. Yeah. Already has four home runs. I like this Atlanta Braves team, and I really think they're going to be there at the end of the year. Well, let's take a quick minute to recognize one of our fabulous partners, and that is the Nebraska Brewing Company. We've been enjoying the smooth, thirst-quenching, Ale Storm, the official yeah. beer, beer of Omaha's AAA baseball team, the Storm Chasers. That's the Kansas City Royals affiliate. Yep. Especially uh, crafted beer, flavorful balance between their Pilsner malt and Sterling hops, making it the perfect summer baseball beer. And when you know we're talking some baseball right now, so let's head on out west. Yeah. The Colorado Rockies. Off to a rocky start, would you say? Take it on the Mariners for the nightcap. Heading out to Seattle. I got 840 for the first pitch. Yeah, Andy, and I, I guess you could say this is might be better than what Colorado fans thought. Sure. Uh, eight they're, and five are there five, five and eight, eight right yep, now at, at this recording. Same with the Mariners, but they were really picked to be one of the better teams in the West, obviously. Yes. Yep. They're sitting at five and eight as well. Uh, both these pitchers, uh, Ryan Felter for the Colorado Rockies and George Kirby 
for the Seattle Mariners. They're both owned one on the year, but that <laughs> Felter for the Colorado Rockies gave up over seven runs in his first outing. Uh, uh, yeah. It it you know it's tough sledding out there at Coors Field. It, it is. It really is, <laughs> and it's like an opposite effect when you get. On the coastline there uh, in Seattle, you know, it's a heavy air, even at Safeco Fielder. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just a completely different ballpark and plays differently than in Colorado. I mean, uh, look at those pitchers that actually get out of Colorado and and have success, whether it's at Texas, uh, in Houston, or, or for the Rangers. You know, you see these guys leave and their ERA drops. Uh, extra base hits drop. Yeah. All those important numbers seem to get better uh, once those starting pitchers uh, get placed somewhere outside of Denver, Colorado. Yeah, uh, true, Andy. And just looking at, you know, the teams that the, the teams that these guys have played and who they beat, it's it's pretty impressive that uh, the Rockies have, you know, won any of these games with the runs that they've been <laughs> allowing. Uh, you know, they allowed nine runs to the St. Louis Cardinals, 10 runs to the Nationals, you know, seven yeah. runs, you know, in every other game. But they need high run, you know, production if they want to be in these games. And they just don't have the lineup to do that night in and night out. So it, it'd be tough for the Rockies. I think the Mariners will get there. So I'm taking the Mariners in this one uh, by multiple runs. You know, on those Wednesday games, Seattle versus Chicago. That yeah. Uh, that over-under was set at 11. Yeah. But then for Colorado-St. Louis on the same day, their over-under was set at 13. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, it has something to do with Seattle and Chicago, of course. The, yeah. The Cubs. Um, but do you see that trend staying true when the, when they square off out in Seattle for for that 840 game on Saturday night? Yeah. Are we going to see a total around 12, 13 points? And if we do... How are you going to read that? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I think it will be set at probably 12 and a half runs just because of these pitchers not being able to keep their ERA down. And that what kind of drives the factor in this, especially with the way that these guys are swinging the bat right now. Uh, I have to give a shout out to Matt who we had on the podcast, he gave us a he gave us a nugget there for the Colorado Rockies. C.J. Crone, yeah. uh, already off to a fast start, four home runs on the season. Uh, so, he, you know, they, they got the bat swinging, and they can score runs. So I believe that if this is right around 10, 11 runs, definitely take it. And, but I believe the line will be closer to 12 runs where that's pretty tough. Yeah, big shout-out to Matt Plotchick. I took it a step further. I actually got that guy on my fantasy team. There you team. go. Uh, so that's been wonderful. A few uh, home runs from that <laughs> DH position. I'll, Love it. I'll take that stuff Love anytime. It. Is there anything else you're kind of looking for in this matchup, Rockies versus Mariners? Well, I just really think it's a good, good series for the Mariners to get their feet under them and get what they need to get going on. Right. Julio Rodriguez really needs to have a good series to, you know, get back up into this, you know, I don't want to call it a sophomore slump. We're really early in the season, but we need this kid to start producing, producing runs fast for the Mariners to have a chance to, you know, kind of make it back to where they were last year, making their first playoff appearance since like, you know, 1994. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, of course, of yeah. course. I mean, now now you're the you're not the hunter. You're the hunt. Exactly. You, know, you got that bullseye on your back. How can you? How are you going to react with it? This is kind of a a good spot. You're at home. You're taking on you know the Rockies. The Rockies. Come on, we're taking on the Rockies here. It's a good place for Seattle to uh, get back totally on the agree. winning track. Yep. Even though they're not doing too bad thus far. Would you say five and eight? I believe they both are. are five and eight. Yep. Yep. So, hey, let's another shout out to one of our fabulous partners. That is the Stock and Rod Company. From hunting to fishing to everything in between. Created for the outdoorsmen that love adventure. And it means there's always time to get their wild 
game on. Check them out at stockandrod.com. Don't go anywhere. This is WTL. Hey, welcome everybody to WTL, your one and only stop shop for all the best bets and plays. I am your host, Jabron, the Parlay Pounder, and I brought in my UFC expert, my big best friend, Zach Nock from the great state of South Dakota. How are we doing, Zach? Doing good, doing good. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. We are big-timer UFC guys. We went to fights together before. They host a lot of fights up in South Dakota, so I knew I had to bring you on for this uh, UFC fight night that was in Kansas City. Yeah, looking forward to it. Should be some. Should have some good fights on for sure. Yeah, for sure, uh, Zach. And uh, what I'm looking at this, it, this doesn't look like a regular fight night. I'm looking like a lot of ranked fighters on this fight night card, and we're going to get into three of the best fights of this card. But it's it's crazy. Usually, when you see these fight nights, there's only one ranked you know match in the whole thing, and that's the main event. We're going you know three or four fights deep in with uh, some major players in the UFC. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so first one we're going to get into is just Dustin Jacoby, the American versus Osmat Merkazanov out of Mother Russia. This is 13 versus 15 in the lightweight, uh, light heavyweight division. Uh, and let me look at the line here. Uh, we got Dustin Jacoby, the American, with the minus 150. He's the favorite. Yes, he is the favorite. Um, he is going against... Uh, Azamat, who is yeah. undefeated, so it should be a pretty tightly contested fight. Um, odds is he minus 180? Yeah, minus 180, 150. Depends, you know, shop it around a little bit, but yeah, that's what we're going with. Yep, so they're thinking it's going to be a pretty close fight given the edge to the, the veteran I see, a little more yeah. striker, freestyle yeah, yeah. guys. So, yeah, Murkazanov just, you know. He might be a you know a great prospect, but he certainly you know has the record to prove that as well. But his debut was a bit concerning. Uh, found himself down two rounds opposite of Taylon Nuwiki uh, until really a jump knee salvaged the win for him. He he looked far better last time out when he beat up Clark, but it, it's hard to truly get a bead on this guy with you know just saving him with a you know flying knee. Uh, that really, you know, he was down two rounds at that point. So I really do believe that I got to go with Jacoby here just because we have a far big, better, uh, you know, uh, you know, body of work for him. But don't get it twisted. This is this is close for a reason. Uh, this is two knockout artists and they're going to go to war. Yeah, absolutely. Jacoby, he's a much bigger fighter as well. Yeah. Um, so I I will give the edge to him. Also, Azamat getting the win over Devin Clark, South yeah. Dakota boy. So that yeah, was yeah, also yeah. also frustrating. It sucked to see him lose because <laughs> like to see the hometown boys win. But yeah, got to give the edge to Jacoby. Yeah, no, I got you. And and, and what we're saying here, folks, is like me, likely Murkazanov finds some success early. But as the fight wears on, I just think Jacoby's got that more consistent distance game, you know, of jabs and kicks that should uh, dictate the range and, you know, put him in the driver's seat in the later rounds of this. So I'm going with Jacoby. I think Zach's on my side on that one if uh, we want to move on to the next fight. Yep. Edson Barboza and Billy Quarantillo. Yes, sir. 
And, you know, Edison Barbosa, this is a huge get for UFC Kansas City right here. We got a card with Max Holloway, Edison Barbosa, Pedro Munoz. Uh, this is just some big fighters on this card. And like you said, with Billy uh, Quarantillo, you know, he's the favorite here against a, a huge name in Edison Barbosa. Why do you think that is, Zach? Edson Barbosa is a giant name. He was yeah. up there in the rankings. He's an awesome fighter. He's coming off two fight skid, though. Oh, okay. Um, so I think that's why they're giving it to him. Um, for the value, I think I'm leading towards Edson Barbosa, though. There I just like the veteran. He's got those nasty, nasty leg kicks. I can see him getting it done. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, if this was five years ago, the Brazilian would be a huge favorite. Barbosa would be. But he enters this fight as the underdog, like you said, due to, you know, decline in performance over the last few fights. And Billy Q's guts and drive is a serious force to combat. So I, I, I'm with you on this. I really expect Barbosa to come back and show shades of what he used to be and hurt his foe at some point in this fight and really jump on him. So like I said, uh, no matter what, I think this goes into round three, but I expect Barbosa maybe to get that finish in that third round. And that plus 140, that looks pretty sweet right now. Love the value for that. Yeah, I like the round three finish. I think those leg kicks will chop him down, just kind of yeah. beat him up those first two rounds, and then he won't have his legs will be gone. And I think yeah. he'll uh, capitalize on that in the third round and get him. All righty. That's what we're talking about. The Brazilian on top there. Okay, we've said enough. Let's get into the main event of the night, Zach. We got blessed. Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen, 19-1. and You know, Phenom coming in here. Uh, this is a huge, like we said, this is literally one of the best fighters in UFC history. Max Holloway, blessed. Coming down to Kansas City. The, the place is going to, you know, go berserk when this guy walks out. Yeah, this is an awesome gift for Kansas City. It's it's crazy that this guy is still or he's not fighting on a UFC giant pay per view. Right. Um, they got him on a fight night. That's awesome. This should be an awesome environment for Kansas City. The crowd's gonna get nuts when Max walks in. He's yeah. an awesome fighter. This will be an awesome fight. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and like we said, Arnold Allen, he's number four in the division right now. Max is just at that number two spot. Uh, right now so like this is literally probably the matchup to see who gets the next title shot after the next title fight is done but uh like you said uh holloway coming off a loss we were actually at that card last july in uh las vegas when he battled volkanovsky for the third time and lost but this guy is just <laughs> He, he can he can bang with the best of them, and if if anything out of Arnold Allen, that's that's what he brings to the table. If you watch that uh, fight against Dan Hooker, he just came after him. Absolutely, and it's going to be a awesome fight. Striking Max's chin is something we've never seen. I don't think he's right. been knocked down yet. Nope. Um, he's yeah, he can stand with the best of them. His resume is it speaks for itself. He's an awesome fighter. Yeah, and, and like we're saying for the Hawaiian Max Holloway, he's only 31, but there's a huge amount of fight miles on his body after a full career of absolute just bangers and wars. Uh, he seemed to slow down a little bit in recent years, and his fights are far more competitive than they used to be. He just used to be able to knock these guys out. But uh, what I kind of wanted to get into you a little bit here, Zach. Has the competition caught up to Holloway? Is he slowing down? Um or or is he the same great fighter? It's just he's 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 
you know, battling the best competition that the UFC can throw at him. This is a giant test, and Saturday night we're going to find that out. But yeah. he is, I still think, the same great fighter. That last fight with Volkanovski does raise some concern. Yeah. He did take a ton of damage for 25 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. So we'll see how he bounces back. But uh, those three fights with Volk, the first two, you could make an argument that that he won. He could have got him. I mean, yeah. right. The only decisive win was this last one in July when Volk got him pretty good. But in the interim, he was beating everyone else in the division to work back up to those <clears throat> fights. So I think yeah. those two are kind of the – they're just laps above everyone. So we'll see yeah. how he does with Arnold Allen coming up. But I think he will uh, put him down and – well, he's the Max Holloway that we've known, so. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree, Zach. And and like you just said there, I love that point that he wasn't just given these title fights back-to-back-to-back to back to back against Volkanovski. He had to work to get back up to that number one position, to hold that position, to beat these other fighters in the division, to show everybody that he deserved that third fight and even the second one. But... Uh, what I'm really scared about is we see this in other fighters all the time. They lose that, you know, championship fight, and then they kind of lose that drive. And, and, you know, the guy that comes to mind really is Tony Ferguson. He, we're, you know, three or four years removed from that guy, you know, fighting Khabib and talks with Connor, all this stuff about, you know, belts and all that kind of stuff to just, you know, just kind of a ragdoll for the division that anybody that, you know, wants to sell a pay-per-view can hop on with Tony Ferguson and get a good win. I just hope that's not the trajectory that we're getting here with Max Holloway. And I don't think it is, but it, it concerns me a little bit. It's very similar. Tony got beat up by Justin for 15 yeah. minutes straight, could have called the fight. He took a lot of damage in Abu Dhabi there and yeah. hasn't looked the same since. He's just been a shell of himself, and it's awful to see a legend go out like that. Yeah. But Tony is aged. I know he's older. I think he's 37 or 8 or 9. Correct, yeah. And he does have a lot of fight miles on him. So yeah. we get a little youth in Max Holloway, so there is a lot more to hope for. 31 yeah. years old. I still think he's got a lot in the tank. He hasn't been knocked down. He's been took a lot of damage, but I still think he's a Max of old because we're two – Fight Island, his yeah. win over Calvin Qatar, he's staring him down, yelling he's the best boxer in the world, yelling yeah. at the fans. And, yeah. I mean, that was – as impressive victory as you'll see. Yeah, no, I agree. Again, he's only 31, folks, but uh, just with all that, you know, tread on the tires and everything, I, I think he's still the same fighter, but Saturday is going to clear a lot of stuff up for us. I have Max Holloway. I think Zach does too. So, um, yeah, that I think that's how we're looking at this card. Is that what you're looking at, Zach? I am rolling with Blast. I'm hoping he puts on a heck of a performance and he becomes the Max Holloway that we know and love. Yeah, so we like that minus 175, minus 150, wherever you can find it at. Shop it around, get the best odds. But even if uh, what I'm kind of looking at, Zach, is maybe waiting closer till fight time because I think he might knock this guy out just because Allen's going to come after him so hard that uh, Max Holloway might put him to sleep. Yeah, he could certainly catch him. I, yeah, we both, I think, are in agreement that it's going to be a stand-up scrap for sure, so someone yep. could get caught. Um, and I'm taking Max's chin over um, Arnold's chin. Okay, heck yeah. So Holloway by TKO, we're thinking. So wait for Saturday to get those lines. Uh, okay, that is our UFC preview for Fight Night in Kansas City. This is WTL. Don't go anywhere, folks.
Hey, welcome everybody back to WTL. Where's the line? The NBA playoffs are just getting underway. A few playing games this week, but Saturday and Sunday is when it really takes off. Uh, I have my buddy here, Zach. He's not only a UFC knowledgeable expert, but he loves the NBA as well. So I had to get him in here to talk a little NBA. How are we doing, Zach? Doing good. Thanks for keeping me around. Heck yeah, man. All right. First series that I kind of want to talk about here is we're going east, and it is the first game on Saturday at noon on ESPN. It is the Brooklyn Nets heading into Philadelphia to play the 76ers. The line right now is minus 8.5 towards the Sixers, the over-under sitting there at 216. What are you thinking, Zachary? I'm feeling the 76ers minus eight and a half. Yeah. The season Joel Embiid's had, his MVP season, I think he's got to be about the favorite for MVP. Yeah. Going into a Brooklyn Nets team that's missing a superstar. They've got some nice young pieces, but that's not enough when you're playing Joel Embiid, James Harden, and Tyrese Maxey. Those guys are playing good basketball, and I'm rocking with the home team minus eight and a half. Yeah, no, I I agree with you totally, uh, Zach. And, you know, the 76ers, you know, just led by the three-headed monster, like you said, Joel Embiid just won the scoring title uh, for the second straight year while uh, James Harden was NBA's top playmaker at, you know, 10.7 assists. And then Tyrese Maxey ended the year with uh, career-high points with over 20 a game and shooting 43% from three-point Land, uh, You know, like you said, while the Nets have solid players like McCall Bridges, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Nick, uh, Nick Claxton, I think they lack the elite talent of the three guys that we just talked about. And, you know, I don't know if Philly sweeps them, but I really think they get underway here and put a statement in them early uh, and kind of blow them out in game one. I think so, too. That Philadelphia crowd is going to be nuts. We all know the Philly fans. Yeah. So that's going to be a tough spot for those young Nets players to play in. Cam Thomas is a nice player as well. But I don't think they have the superstar that can take over and get a bucket when you need to get a bucket to stop a run and et cetera. Yeah, and especially with Joel Embiid just being an elite defender around the rim, I just don't see them getting a lot of easy buckets either. Uh, what a, a really good bet that I'm looking at here, uh, Zach, for the series is favoring it to end in five games, which I think Brooklyn might be able to sneak one out. That's sitting at plus 165 right now. So you can tell that the books really think that's going to happen. Plus 165. Yeah. I can also still see a sweep. I still like the 76ers team. I think they're yeah. one of the favorites to come out of the East. I think it's going to be really, really tough for Brooklyn to get a win, even in Brooklyn. I think it's going to be 2-0 headed to Brooklyn, and I think it's going to be 4-0 leaving Brooklyn. All right, so you're taking the sweep. That's at plus 250 right now, so that is very good odds, folks. And And like you said, Everything that we just said about the 76ers can happen. They are the more elite team. That's why they are the team that they are and have the MVP riding high with those great guards at play as well. So the 4-0 sweep is at plus 250 right now. And, you know, with Nets getting one, that's at plus 180, plus 165, wherever you can get it best at. Um, what do you think about that over-under, Zach, at 216 for this game? I, I'm going to go over 216. I yeah. think there'll be a lot of scoring. Um, Joel Embiid will make it tough around the rim, but their perimeter defense, James Harden's not a great perimeter defense. And I think the seven, or the Nets have some good pieces shooting outside. 
Yeah. Mikel Bridges is a pretty good three-point three shooter along with Cam Thomas. Um, they've got some young scorers outside, and I think that will drive the over. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And you just kind of look at the last five of both of these teams. I mean, in the last game uh, when they played each other, uh, Philadelphia put up 134. So <laughs> you can really see that uh, that this can happen. Uh, you know, with these teams scoring a bunch of points. So I like the over as well. Let's shift gears a little bit, go out to Boston, Massachusetts. We've got the Atlanta Hawks traveling to the Boston Celtics, 2.30 on Saturday. The line right now is Boston by nine points over under 2.30. I'm liking Boston minus nine. I'm going hometown. I don't think the Hawks, I don't think anyone thought the Hawks were going to get past the Heat last night. Correct. And I think that was a blunder, a big blunder by the Miami Heat, but or props to the Hawks. They they got the win, and now they play Boston. So I do think Boston has led by those two superstars and Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. They've got a ton of pieces around those two. This is a loaded team, top to bottom. And the Hawks have kind of been in disarray. I don't know if they've really found their yeah. identity yet with uh, Trey Young and DeJounte Murray kind of coming in the mix. It's early. It's their first season. Um, they're playing well together. They're both over 20 points a game, but it's it's not fluid. It seems there's some disconnect between them two. So yeah, no, I agree. And like you said, the Celtics are simply a much better, deeper team with more star power. You know, Atlanta can kind of match Boston on the offensive side, but defensively, it's a different story. The Hawks rank third in scoring at eight, uh, one eighteen points per game this year, but we're one of the worst defensive teams in the league, surrendering the fifth most points per game. And, you know, we've seen what Trey can do, Trey Young can do in the playoffs, but asking him to beat one of the NBA's top teams this year in seven games is too much. And I I really think, you know, the Boston Garden is going to be, you know, blowing the lid off of this game one. So I really like Boston here. That minus nine might be stretched out a little bit too much for me, but, you know, I think it it probably still is the best bet Um, because that money line, you know, minus 420, there's no value in that. What do you think of that 230 over under in this game, Zach? That's a good line. That's a tough one. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> playoff 230 might be a little tough for these teams to get 230 just because, you know, Trey Young is good as he is three-point. He could have a bad game, and go that cool. Boston guard's got to be nuts. Those. Marcus Smart is an excellent perimeter defender. Yeah. Going to make it tough for him. So I like the under on this. Yeah, I think I do too, uh, Zach. Like, this is playoff basketball we're talking about. Everybody's going to be a little tense, especially the Atlanta Hawks that, you know, are, you know, kind of, you know, probably surprised themselves that they're in this position right now. So I really like the under. 230 as well. I think the Boston Celtics are going to be lights out on defense. Like you said, Mike get under Trey Young's skin a little bit, throwing up some bricks. But uh, Boston's been here before. They know that they don't really have to score as many points as they, you know, they don't have to be world beaters to win this game. So that's what that spread really scares me. But this under is definitely my best bet of this game. I would agree. I like the under a lot in this game as well. Heck yeah, heck yeah. Okay, let's hop across conferences here. I got my buddy Andy White, the big Memphis dog, coming in in the segment after you, Zach. So I need to get a different opinion. Los Angeles Lakers versus the Memphis Grizzlies. Lakers just won the playing game on overtime. 
against the Minnesota Timberwolves traveling out to Memphis on Sunday. Spread right now, minus three and a half towards Memphis. What do you think? I like the Lakers plus three and a half. I like that uh, they don't play until Sunday. They get some rest. Yeah. But the game versus the Timberwolves has some cause for some concern. I thought a lot of people were hoping they'd come out and make a statement win, especially with what happened with Minnesota this past weekend with yeah. Rudy Gobert punching teammates, Jay McDaniels. <laughs> he's a good defender. So yeah. they're, they're in disarray, and we were hoping they'd make just statement win, something to get excited about, and it went to overtime. So I think the – Primarily, everyone was gunning for that sixth seed. They, that's what those Western teams are going for, and Lakers found wound up with the Grizzlies. Still a matchup I think they can win. Yeah. Um, with any time you got LeBron and Anthony Davis on the team, um, they're not out of any series, any game. So we're looking just to see how well those two play these playoffs. Anthony Davis is going to be the biggest wild card throughout yeah. these playoffs, I believe. And um, if he plays like the Anthony Davis, we know he can, and he's healthy. I think the Lakers um, – can take this series in six or seven. Yeah, no, I obviously I'm a little bit of a LeBron homer. So, you know, I'm signed with the Lakers, but a couple keys that I have really is I think the Memphis Grizzlies are really going to miss Steven Adams during this playoff, you know, this playoff run for them. I, I just think the battle on the boards is the biggest outlier for their series against the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers finished second in defensive rebounds per game and six in total rebounds per game in the regular seasons. And the Grizzlies landed in the top five in defensive and offensive, you know, in total rebounds per game. But I think a lot of that, you know, went towards Steven Adams. So I think this is a huge, huge spot for John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. to show what they can do, obviously against a LeBron, you know, you know, led team. But, you know, with Adams and Clark sideline, Memphis must rebound as a team. Adams' absence is, I think, going to hurt them. And in those second-chance points for the Lakers, we saw it. The Lakers aren't going to win in a pretty way. This isn't the Showtime Lakers. This is the struggle bus Lakers. They're going to stick around. They're going to come back. And I think this rebounding is going to be a huge part of it. And that's the reason I'm taking uh, the Lakers on Sunday. It absolutely will. It's going to be a tough series for Jaron Jackson Jr. Those Grizzlies are going to ask him to do a lot with guarding Anthony Davis. He's coming off a defensive player of the year campaign. He's played really well defensively this year. And it's going to be a critical series for him, for Memphis to get past the Lakers. Okay, one last thing, that that over-under at 228.5, Zach, where are we thinking on this? I know where I'm thinking. I'm going under, since the trade deadline, the Lakers have actually been a extremely well defensive team. They have one of the best records in the West. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm going under. I think it's playoff basketball. LeBron knows this. They're extremely veteran team they will know what they need to do but i don't foresee it going over yeah no i totally agree with you i'm going under all the way on this there's no way that these two teams as defensively minded as they're going to be in the playoffs knowing that they got to keep these teams down and scoring there's no way that they push it to you know a 115 to 114 game i really think it's going to be more of a you know 101 to 98 kind of game so i really like the under there and I'm going with the Lakers just with the star power. I don't think Memphis has it yet. And what do you think about that, Zach? I'm right there with you. Memphis thinks they have it. They've uh, been pretty vocal the past couple of years, but 
it's a tough draw for them getting the Lakers. Uh, Dylan, Dylan Brooks is asking for it. He wants yeah. LeBron. He wants to put him out. But I think uh, LeBron, he had the four or five weeks towards the end of the season off, so he's yeah. rested. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to have a very strong playoff uh, playoffs, and I think he gets past the Grizzlies, and I think the Lakers end up making some noise in the West. Heck, yeah, I'm with you. I know our caller on the next segment, Big Andy White, is going to have something else to say to us, so I just wanted to get this perspective and then get that one. Again, Zach, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thanks for bringing that UFC knowledge in the NBA as well. You bet. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. This is WTL. Don't go anywhere, folks. Everybody back to WTL. I'm your host, Jabron, the Parlay Pounder, and the NBA playoffs are upon us. And I had to bring in the big dog, Andy White, the Grizzly, we call him. Andy, how we doing? Doing great. You know, that's about the nicest introduction I think I could ever expect to get from you, Jared. Yeah. So I'm doing great. Well, we're we're on opposite sides of the aisle. I've always been big LeBron. You've always been the Memphis guy. So we haven't always seen eye to eye, but there's a mutual respect, I think, that there is always looming over us that we know our basketball. Well, I'd like to think I do. You know, I... It took a long time for me to come around to the NBA, but you know, once you start watching and paying attention just a little bit, uh, you do realize it's the, you know, highest level of basketball. So yeah, I would agree with that, Jared. You and I are, I think we we, uh, for sure see opposite as far as the Grizzlies and the Lakers <laughs> go. But as far as the NBA, I'd say we're we're true fans, totally. fanatics for sure. So just besides us going at each other's throat in this playoff matchup, we'll get to that. But I really want to get your take on some Western Conference basketball here i want to talk about the golden state warriors going into sacramento to play the kings the kings are favored by one point saturday night seven thirty on abc what's your thought with that line and who do you think will win well you know i i once heard said you know until you see somebody do it yeah you never really can believe they can and i think that's kind of the way it is with the kings right now they're probably one of the most disrespected teams they, yeah. they've had a good year for sure but, you know, I got to think if I if I'm betting that thing, it's really hard for me, even it, it's not like it's a, a, a an away game yeah. for for either team. What, what do they say? It's like 28 miles. You're going to take a bus. So Correct. I don't think the travel is a big thing. And when you've got you've got Steph Curry, you got Clay. And as much as I hate to say it, you got Draymond, <laughs> you got those guys. I, if it's me, it's hard for me to go against Golden State. I just can't do it. Yeah, no, I agree. And w- with that spread so low, I think you've got to go with the Warriors here. It's a shame that the Kings had the incredible season that they just had, and it rewarded them with the first-round matchup against the Warriors, who, despite all the regular season troubles, have the roster in place that they need to go after this championship. And, you know, having Andrew Wiggins back in the fold, even at a small capacity alongside Gary Payton and Dante Vincenzo, uh, you know, this should give the Golden State Warriors, an, you know, an ample try at trying to get back to this championship mark. So I really like the Warriors here, especially playing so close to home. I think they're going to be a lot of Warriors fans at this game as well. So I definitely think that plus one for the Warriors is the way to go. If not, just taking the minus one Oh five money line. Not, not, not to pull a Lee Corso on yep. you though. When you take a 
a team like the Kings that are having the success they've had. Yeah. And then with their offense, you know, I don't think Golden State plays the best defense Correct. either. I do. I do. I think it's an interesting series, and I think it could go six games. So, yeah. you know, but it's it's really hard to go against the defending champs. I just can't do that. So I, I am definitely on board with you and, and Golden State. Okay, I got a real quick one for you here. Over under 239 for game one here. What are you thinking on that? I'm going over. Yeah. On this series, I'm going over every game if I if I get the chance. Yeah. I really do. I think it's going to be up and down the floor. I think, you know, Golden State, they're always going to put the ball up. They're always going to shoot. And with the Kings offense, with Fox and Sabonis, yeah. there's going to be a lot of points scored. I'm going over. No, hard. I totally agree with you. You just look at the Warriors' last five, 157, 119, 136, 112, 130. These guys are pushing the envelope. They're playing the best basketball they have all year. And like you said, with the Kings, with their weapons as well, are going to score on Golden State. So definitely book that under. We will go to the Sunday game that we're looking at here at 7 o'clock on TNT. The L.A. Clippers traveling to Phoenix to play the Suns. The Suns are a seven-point favorite in this one. What do you think? There again, you know, nothing is ever easy in the NBA. It it just – when something seems so obvious, usually for me it's a trap. I guess you want to fade me. But but you look – the Suns, they seem to be peaking at the right time. You've yeah. got Kevin Durant back. They have been playing so well right now. And with Paul George being out, yes. it's really hard to think that the Clippers are even going to put up a fight in this series. And most people, if you listen to all the pundits on the radio, they're going to tell you that the Clippers don't have a chance. Yeah. Now, I know we're going to save the Grizzlies for a little bit later, but, you know, you look what <laughs> happened with Los Angeles Correct. last night. Correct. They were supposed to just go in there and roll Minnesota, and that did not happen. So, you know, you gotta you got to think Russell Westbrook has yeah. got – you know, he's got something to prove here. He didn't like getting run out of L.A. like that. So he's on the other side of town. And I really do think the Clippers are going to make a series or maybe a series out of this. I just don't – I. it's so hard for me. I honestly think the Suns are probably probably the best team – probably the team to be in the West. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you with all those points that you just said. But that plus seven for me in game one, with all this playoff experience being on the L.A. Clippers, I just think it's going to be a closer game than a lot of people are giving the Clippers you know, credit for. Like we said, they got Kawhi Leonard. They got Russell Westbrook. These are guys that have went deep in series before and can really turn it out and get in people's heads, especially KD. So I, I, I don't necessarily think the Clippers are going to win this game. I just think that plus seven is a good enough shot for the Clippers to kind of take a chance on them in that game one. And I, and I, you know, I would have to agree with you on that. And Jared, I I've said this, I've seen a lot of (laughs) NBA games live and Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. He is the best basketball player I've seen in person. I've seen the Greek freak. That guy can do everything. And if he's motivated and he's healthy, which I think he is. Yeah. I think he can be a difference maker. He can he can get you a bucket whenever you want. So I would go with you on that. Yeah. I would probably I think seven's pretty steep. Yeah, I do too. And like we said with Russell Westbrook kind of running Chris Paul around, I think it's gonna be a little bit tighter game than everybody's giving him credit for. And with Kawhi, obviously one of the best players of all time. And, you know, obviously you haven't seen LeBron in person, but uh I'll I'll, I'll let you slide on that one. Uh, <laughs> give, oh, me, give, yawn. give you a quick one here over under 226 and a half for that game with the Clippers and Sun. Where, where are you thinking on that? You know, 
our good friend Matt Haydenfeld says, you know, you always got to bet the under. That way, you're you're winning from the start. Yeah. And I look at I look at it the opposite way. I guess I always <laughs> I always say, you know, I'm always hoping for points. I just I in the playoffs, usually rotations tighten down. The defense is a little bit, yep. you know, stiff. I don't know. I like the under on this one. I really do. I'm going to go with Hayden Feld on that. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I was going to jump on all over you if you were going to go with that over. I just think if the Clippers have any shot of making this a game, it has to be that they are stopping the Suns in critical you know, points of this, making sure Aiden doesn't get free baskets underneath and uh, you know, really putting a clamp on Booker as well. So I like the under in this game just because I think it's the Clippers' only way of success to keep the Suns at a low-scoring clip and keeping that right around 100. So, no, I do like the under here. So I'm glad that we've kind of agreed to this point because I know that we're not going to agree in the third and final matchup of our show here. Uh, Los Angeles Lakers heading into Memphis on Sunday, 2 p.m. on ABC. Where are we looking? What are we thinking? How are we doing? Again, I, I sit. <laughs> you're right. We're not going to agree on this. I yeah. look at a Laker team that I really do. Um, I Looking at it as a homer, probably people are going to say that about me. But when you look at this Laker team, I think there's a lot of underlying problems there. I really, really do. I see LeBron. I will give you his greatness. He <laughs> yeah. is. I mean, it's, it's insane what the guy's doing. The points that he's putting yeah. up, I'm not, I'm not kidding. The guy is, without a doubt, probably the best to ever put him on. I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I yeah. can't argue that. But he tends to get beat up a little bit. Yeah. And then you've got when you got to depend on AD. I think if he gets nicked up a little bit, he's let the Lakers down. And I don't know who that third guy is. Yeah. I really don't know where you're going to get your scoring. And when you look at Memphis on the other side, I'm trying to just be, you know, straight across, as unbiased yeah. as I can be. <laughs> I think I think Morant can get to the bucket, and I think he's going to get his points. If yeah. Bain shoots from the outside, fine. I know we're missing Stephen Adams. That's going to be a little bit of an issue, but there's a guy, Luke Kennard, long-range Luke. He's going to help us stretch that floor, and he can score from the outside. Now the key for you as a Laker fan, yeah. and it happened last night with Cat. If you can get Jaron Jackson Jr. in foul trouble, yep. now that he has to play the five, yep. and you've got an undersized Xavier Tillman starting or Sante Aldama, yep. and as Joe Jaden would say, these are all household names, Andy. <laughs> these Every, are. Everybody knows these names. <laughs> but I'm just saying, size size can be a problem for us. And if you get Jaron Jackson off the floor, it's going to be a dogfight. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And that's what I was going to go at, you know, as kind of my path to victory for the Lakers is, you know, with Steven Adams and Clark being sidelined, uh, AD is going to have to step up and really take it to Jaron Jackson Jr. and make him, you know, show that he is the defensive player of the year. The, you know, what they've been saying this whole time, that these two young superstars are the way of the future. So I really think that is the big matchup because, like you said, I think Jaw's going to get his points. He's going to get to the rack. I think LeBron's going to have his 30. It's just how far will Anthony Davis do you know take us take the Lakers to that point and does Jaron Jackson play him well so I think that is the whole series in my mind um but if the Lakers get down here we've seen that they can give up I don't like saying that about my boy but if if 
if he has a chance to, you know, duck out after a few games, he will. So uh, I I like the Lakers to give them a real shot here. So I do like the three and a half points just because I think this might come down to the last shot because the I think if the Lakers have a chance to win this series, it has to start with game one. Well, as long as we're, we're making confessions here, yeah. let me make one to you. Yeah. Here's the, here's the biggest thing. I think the biggest problem that you have, you know, Dylan Brooks, I think he, he popped off a little bit today. I think when you hear the quote that he said where, yeah, he's looking forward to playing the Lakers, there was a lot of respect there talking about he's a legend and everything. Yeah. But here's what happened last year. Dylan Brooks is a good ball defender, yep. but Dylan Brooks will also take stupid shots For sure. and take you out of the game. Yep. And if you get, I watched LeBron last night when Cat had four fouls. He went right to the rack, put the yep. ball in his chest, picked, got him out of there. Yep. LeBron's smart enough to do that, and Jaron Jackson Jr. does not make good decisions, and Dylan Brooks can shoot you out of a game. It's yep. got to be Jaron's got to stay in it, Jaw's got to get his, and Desmond Bain's got to hit. If they do that and they play smart, I think Memphis could run them. But yep. if they don't, LeBron will keep them right there, and you're right, AD's got to stay healthy and get his because I, th- I think he's probably one of – you know, best big man on the floor for yeah. sure. Nope, I totally agree with you. Uh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. You know, going back and forth. No, but no, I think it. Um, it, it's it. It really comes down to those big men. How are they going to play? Will the Memphis Grizzlies get to that next level? Because this could be a really setting off point for the Memphis Grizzlies if they can get by the Lakers here. It could put them really, really confidence wise up on that plateau to take on you know a Warriors or a Suns in the next round. So I, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope that we're going to meet somewhere on Sunday to watch this game. So I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, you, you count on that, and you wear that goofy little jersey you got <laughs> that yellow, that yellow jersey. I got it. I'll, I'll support. I'll surprise you with one of my own. (laughs) All right. Locked and loaded. Again, Andy, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast here. We really appreciate your insight. And, uh, yeah, go Lakers. Go Grizz. (laughs) Well, that'll about do it for us this week. Be sure to follow us on ESPN Tri-City Radio on their Facebook page. We're also on Twitter, as we mentioned. And our YouTube channel is catching a lot of traction right now. Also have some daily picks on TikTok. Just look up WTL Sports Betting and you will find us. For Jabron, the parlay pounder, I'm Andy Klassen. Thank you for listening. This has been WTL.